0: In today's episode of the Sixers Beat, Rich and I discuss the Sixers' losses to the Warriors and the Suns. We go over the uncertainty over James Harden's Achilles injury, the struggles of the bench, Tyrese Maxey's shooting surge, and the MVP race. Enjoy the podcast. Alright, welcome everybody. This is Derek Bodner, joined by Rich Hoffman on the Sixers Beat, a part of the Athletics Podcast Network. So, Embiid and Harden have injury concerns. Doc is reverting to playing a geriatric backup center. There's no production <laughs> from the bench. They're dropping high-profile games that might threaten to have an outsized influence on Joel Embiid's MVP bid. Some of these things starting to feel a little bit familiar kind of wish I wasn't, but it does feel like we have seen this play out before. I'm <laughs> curious to get your take on how much of these are legitimate concerns and how many are just temporary annoyances. But before we get into that, how you doing, Rich?
1: I'm doing fine, man. Uh, look, I, I think my, my overall take here is that we talked for months and months about, wow, March is going to suck. Like, that's going to be really hard. They got to play a lot of road games. They got to play a lot of games. They got to play a lot of games against tough teams.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, for most of the month, that didn't really matter. And then on this last trip, it has caught up to them. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that's kind of where I, I start with it. Look, there are a lot of different uh, subplots over the past couple of days. What do they mean for the playoffs? What do they mean for Joe's MVP case? Uh, but but I guess I would say I am not. Like, I'm going to take the Doc Rivers route in this way, which I know a lot of people aren't fans of right now considering Dwayne Debman played last night. I'm not going to overreact too much to it. I think the the biggest concern for me, by a mile, and this is the same concern we had on our last pod, is what's going on with James Harden and the Achilles. That's that's my biggest concern. I, as far as the team, look, they have some issues. They have some things we can talk about it's just they've been very cautious with him this week which is fair considering he could barely move after that yeah. uh that chicago loss earlier in the week it's just like what what are they going to get from this guy because look I, I like what i've seen from joel you know the we had the the calf scare a couple days ago looked okay when he was literally destroying golden state yep. in ways that were ungodly in some some ways uh If James is Achilles and he's moving fine, I think we can look at this week when the Sixers are resting up for their three versus six series, because it's probably going to be the three seed now. That is the tough part about this and say, yeah, it was a tough little week, but it happens during a long regular season.
0: Yeah, I agree with you that the Harden Achilles is far and away, not even close. There's not a, a, a close runner up. The biggest concern. And one that's driving, I think, a good chunk of this. Uh, they are now currently two games back of the Celtics. They do not have the tiebreaker in that one. They are three losses up on the Cavs. They do have the tiebreaker in that one. You look at the Celtics schedule. Celtics have a game against the Sixers and the Bucks. But outside of that, it's pretty easy. You look at the Sixers schedule. Sixers have games against Nuggets, Bucks, and Celtics. It would be tough to make up essentially three games over that span. They seem pretty well locked in to that three seed. How is that going to impact what they do here against the Nuggets on Monday? How is that going to impact what they do with Harden over the next couple of days or even weeks? They have to get him right. And I agree with you. Like, my big concern is, holy crap, on Monday, that feels like a week and a half ago, on Monday against the Bulls, he looked like last year's James Harden. And that is a massive concern, even more than him missing time. He, he needs to look like he has throughout most of the season for the Sixers to be a true title contender, I do think they have missed his presence here, especially uh, against the the, the Suns uh, when they looked like they just could not get into any real good offense all night. And Beads had to work a little harder, especially on the second night of back-to-back. That did not come very naturally last night. The defense has its lulls, to say the least. The shooting has completely evaporated. Dwayne Dedman has entered the rotation. Some of that <laughs> is temporary concerns. The Harden one is the one that has to change for the better. Has to and
1: yeah and look that's playoff centric what we are saying too because he can't look like last year's Harden and this team will not be able to advance if that is the case. I think for the regular season though, and I don't think we've talked about this quite as much, and and I've heard uh, other people online mention this, but but I think it's definitely true that Harden's biggest value to the Sixers in the regular season is that he makes Embiid work a lot. Yeah, less hard. Um, and I think we've seen that over the last few nights, and I think he does it in two ways. Number one, they run that pick and roll. All Joel has to do is screen, turn his body face up and shoot the jumper. He doesn't have to work that hard to get. What do you think? Eight points a game around. Yeah. That's. And, and you look at the Golden State game where he's unbelievable, but there's none of that shit. It's all ISO. It's all you got to be, you know, pulling your body through people, and uh, th- there's just none of that. So that that's part of it. And then the other part is that when Joel sits and James is in the game, it's not a disaster. Like Joel can sit his full allotment of time.
0: It's a it's more been a disaster times than over not. the weekend, <laughs> Rich. It's been a it's disaster. It's been horrible.
1: But you know, and I, and I guess here the Sixers fans who are, are mad online, here is your silver lining. There's no way Doc Rivers will play an all bench lineup in the the playoffs. There's no way. After watching this shit, there's no way. Uh,
0: Not even an all bench lineup. Even Maxi running is just Maxi and bench Bench. lineup. Yeah, can't happen. Can't happen. I should
1: I should refrain. I should say here's what's going to happen. Unless there is like weird foul trouble where Doc is weird, you know, like he, he loves sitting guys down with two fouls. Unless that happens, there will be no planned. Real playoff minutes where one of Joel Embiid or James Harden is not on the floor for your Philadelphia 76ers. And I think the past week he, he said it even after he's like, our bench stinks, but we we don't have James. So like he we usually yeah. play him with the bench. So and, and I agree, you know, it's just like. They're, they're so bad defensively, those bench units that they, they just have to be awesome on offense. And, the, the, you know, I think against Golden State, I rewatched it. Maxie gets a lot of flack. I, I don't think Maxie is good in that role. In that Golden State game, it's like, ah, you know, if George makes 1-3 here, if B-Ball Paul makes some free throws here, maybe you can tread water a little bit better with them in those minutes. He didn't get a great shake game in that one either, which which happens. That's fine. But Harden just, I don't know, he just gets you good shots. And, and yeah. like, if, if it's got to be a 125 offensive rating for both teams, like, Harden is the guy that gets you to your 125 offensive yep. rating. So I'm not as worried about that. Um, But, but like, look, I think these past couple of games, you know, a lot of times people can be out and you can say, oh man, they're clearly missing them. Like, this is a clear example of that though, that it's like, yeah, like James Harden's pretty damn important to this team.
0: Yeah. And it's a, it's a tough spot anyway. You mentioned that Golden State Phoenix back-to-back is not going to be easy on the team Uh, and Phoenix on a back-to-back as well, missing You know, one or two key players as well, especially considering how much they gutted their depth to get there. So they weren't anywhere near full strength either, but this was a tough spot for the Sixers to be in. Two tough opponents. Golden State, when they're playing at home and when they're making threes like they are there and they're they're moving the ball, they're real tough to defend even when you are at your your best and Sixers were nowhere near at their best in that fourth quarter. Tough spot. The losses themselves aren't completely indefensible. It's just... I I think you're right. You really see how much the Sixers miss James Harden. You see how much Joel Embiid misses James Harden. You see how much the second unit misses James Harden. And when that second unit struggles, Doc can sort of revert to his worst instincts of playing experience over ability. How concerned are you now? I guess we'll pivot to that part of the podcast, the dark part. How concerned are you that, uh, I guess just, Short term, do you expect Dedman to be the backup center here against Denver? Because I kind of sneaky think there's a chance with the way that Denver plays Jokic, and Jokic tends to comes out a little earlier in the first quarter, comes out in a little earlier in the second. There will be minutes with Jokic unless Doc adjusts his rotation. Minutes with Jokic on the court without Joel. I wonder if Doc wants to play a bigger center in those minutes.
1: Maybe I, I don't. I don't know. You know, he said. After we, game and to it's... be
0: clear, we don't know. Neither, neither of us are on the road. To be clear. I watched his press
1: conference, though, and he said, "You know, we're you trying to, play to get him minutes." Dwayne. And the first,
0: yeah. you don't actually have to play Dwayne. It's not actually in the rule uh, i not to. So, so I guess
1: here's the issue, though, Derek, is that when Harden doesn't play, then Paul Reed's I think bad. Paul Reed is bad, and yeah. pretty much. But here's the thing: everything is bad. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, oh, we're gonna try Paul Reed. That's bad. Oh, we're gonna try PJ at center. Oh, that's bad. We're going to try Deadman now just because those are bad. It's, of course, Deadman's bad. Like, of course he's bad. He's, so, I, Did, I, I did you see hope. when he
0: tried to blitz Booker and just yes. got completely blown? What are you doing? You're veteran enough not to make that mistake. You know you can't do that. He's going to drive me insane if he plays. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I mean, even in the Chicago game that they won, you know, after Embiid sits in the second half, it's like, okay, Reed starts the half, but you have to actually play somebody else as well. And so they go to Deadman, and it's like. Those minutes were bad, man. They, they were lucky yeah. Chicago wasn't scoring on the other end. But man, as a scorer, he's like so mechanical and slow, yeah. and these hook shots. It's like, ugh. yeah, like look, he should not be playing real minutes. I mean, he
0: shouldn't. It's you know, I'm concerned, and-, and I've given Doc a lot of credit for. Yeah, he might change in game, but come next game, he's always gone back to Paul as the backup center. I'm concerned. I'm 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 truthfully concerned here for the first time in weeks.
1: Who is Denver's backups? Oh, oh you're saying that they'll
0: stagger kind of staggered Jokic, a minute, Jokic, so they'll, yeah.
1: they'll try and get Jokic against the bench lineup.
0: It's not Jordan yeah, anymore. Who is their backup center? Is is it Thomas Jokic's Bryant? Backup? I think yeah, he's fallen out of the rotation yeah.
1: though. Like, they're, no, I, but I mean, I think though.
0: he's still getting a couple minutes a game.
1: Okay, so maybe the Sixers should just be trying to match and beat Jokic up and just say, Paul, you can play against Thomas Bryant. That That would be my goal.
0: But I don't know if Dwayne Deadman or Montrez Harrell play a meaningful minute in the playoffs. It will be a failure on both Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers can't. And look, I think we've been pretty consistent. We're not super gung ho on Paul. Like he makes mistakes that I understand if those mistakes drive Doc Rivers and the coaching staff insane. I understand that. Like that's he's a frustrating player in some respects. But he's the only one who can succeed in the playoffs. He's the only well, I mean, outside of small ball PJ, which hasn't necessarily looked good here for most of the uh, second half. He's the only one that can all succeed. Year. yeah. Defensively, it hasn't looked good all year. No, sure.
1: Offensively, it is good. You're right. But it's good because Harden is insane. Really good. And, yeah. They, he, those he two knows how use...
0: Trez and Deadman can't play. They can't play in playoffs. Like we we can't go down this path again. We can't. I can't. I can't watch this unfold again. I can't do it. Can't do it.
1: Yeah, look, and I'm not on the second night of a back-to-back against Phoenix. I, I, I'm not gonna annoy it. I, I get it, though. You're you're, you're afraid. Well, but it's this, not like Paul gonna... Reed was
0: tired. Like he, he wasn't worn out on the back-to-back. Please, ten minutes. It's true,
1: it's true. Uh, no, I mean Paul was part of bad lineups and he wasn't good. But like the answer is not Dwayne Dedman over Paul Reed. It's just it's just not. It's. Uh, so so we'll see. I I don't know. I, I get the vibe that the way this started with with Reed getting all of the minutes like I don't know, like it's different than last year. DeAndre showed up and he got all of the minutes right away.
0: Yeah. Well, it just doesn't different. seem like it doesn't seem like Paul's ever gotten Doc's trust. I don't know. I'm I, and part of me is just worried cuz like we've been bit by the same thing year after year after year after year. I'm Concerned. Like I said, concerned for the first time in uh, in weeks. I, I thought Paul was pretty well cemented, but last night shook me.
1: Shook me a little bit. Well, look, so the worst case scenario is this, and I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, if you make me pick one thing or another, I think Reed and Tucker are going to be the centers come playoff time. The worst case scenario is they play Deadman in a meaningful playoff game. He's horrible for five minutes. He will be horrible for five minutes, and then he won't play again. So, I hope that'll be right. a failure. But I hope I right. like, like, there's no. Uh, Deadman has been bad enough where it's just like you're gonna know, you're gonna know he's bad right away, and and you're gonna be forced to do something else. But uh, I don't know. I'm not. Uh. Well, we'll see. see. T- talk to me. I hear, this you. Week. I hear you. Talk to me this week when, after the Denver game. You you, you are right though. The Denver game. Yeah. With the Okich, like I, I could see Doc saying, "Like, yeah, we got to get big. Yeah, got to no, put sure. size against him." It's like,
0: yeah. There's almost part of me that wonders if if that was part of the calculus last night. Get get shake some of Deadman's rust off of him before that matchup because he knew he wanted to use him. But also, Paul was bad enough where you understand that he was he could he could have been frustrated with Paul Reed. It's just between I mean, Deadman can't be the answer. We'll see. We'll see. I hope. Uh, I hope you are right on that one. I guess moving on. Look, look, I think
1: the the, the key thing for the bench, though, is what and I'll say this. We saw this in the Chicago game where Joel was the one who was responsible for it. They need a playmaker that gives them advantages that whether it's drawing double teams, getting into the paint, whatever it is. These guys are really good at playing drive and kick. Once they got that advantage, they they all can dribble. They all can shoot like they they all can. And they're smart for the most part. The problem is when there's no harder and beat on the court. Maxie doesn't do that shit, so it's just hard to gain that advantage, that's all.
0: Yeah, real strange sort of couple games for Maxie, who has been really good offensively, 37 points here last night on 7 for 11 from 3-point range. Really, really good, really necessary offense. You have seen some of his limitations as a playmaker and as a shot creator for others, and just getting them into their sets. You've seen a lot of the deficiencies on the defensive side of the court as well. I thought he was real bad in that game against the Warriors. Pool. Oof. Yeah. I mean, he's just he he's it's almost to the point where he looks his skill set is better utilized when he's playing alongside of James Harden, just because it hides so much of his deficiencies. And I don't know, it's it's tough. Cause on the one hand, you want him to be that microwave scorer. Long term, I'd love to see more development in that point guard play, but it seems like they're just focused on keeping him in that role. Uh, to, to to attack, and I can't tell them they're wrong for what they need this year, but I would have liked to have seen a little more growth from him in that regard, and it might just be a you know a bad two-game stretch, um, but I was a little disappointed in his running the offense here over the last two games.
1: Look, that's the story of his season, though, right? Because they moved him to the bench, which if he would have thrived off the bench, he would have been better at running the offense, getting everybody involved, having the ball in his hands at all times, And it just goes to show like the initial read on the Harden situation when he came in here was, okay, uh, is Maxie going to have the ball enough? And and I still think that's, you know, that that can happen from time to time where Joel and James just kind of forget about Tyrese. But it's clear that Tyrese's best self right now, the best version of him, is an off-ball guard that's scoring off of James Harden. I think there are legitimate questions of what he is as a lead initiator moving forward. He's just, you look at the, it, some of it is is not even him too. It's You just look at how the, the team offense functions and the shots they're getting. And it's like, yeah, I, I can't even pinpoint that it's like your fault that this is happening. But I just know when Harden is in, it doesn't happen, right? They're right. good shots, right? So, yeah. I don't know. That, that, it's a feel thing. It's a, it's an IQ thing. It's it's a little bit of an intangible element, but you know, is his passing? Is his playmaking up to snuff? I I don't know. The, the good news is for this season, it doesn't matter. It it really doesn't matter. He's gonna play with James Harden a ton. It's fine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, I
0: mean once a lot of these problems and a lot of the the way that the team has looked really does come down to Harden's absence. And I think Tyrese his playmaking like you can appreciate Tyrese's. 37 point outburst a lot more if the rest of the Sixers were getting the shots they normally get. If you're getting into your sets, if you're running more competent offense when Joel Embiid was off the floor. Uh, not that Joel was great by his standards last night either. If you were going to have a make a case for James Harden to be an all-NBA guard, you would give them tape of the last two games because it really does look like a completely different team than it looked like for the previous three months. Uh, they were a very consistent, very productive very efficient offense for a very long time, even against really good defenses and you lose Harden and it becomes a lot, lot more difficult.
1: Well, and with with, uh, on that subject, we should not let it slide under the radar. Joel against golden state. That was something, man. That was, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they had nothing for him. That was wild. And I got to say the, from the, the coaches to the, the Warriors fans online, I can't believe Embiid shot 22 free throws and we shot 24 as a team. He was getting hammered. Yeah. And it's like, why why does he get to shoot so many free throws? Because you're small as hell. You shoot (laughs) 53s, which is good. That's like a way to win the game. Yeah. But you have nobody that can freaking guard him. They had Kaminga was hacking him. They were complaining about like, Moses Moody is like jumping at the wrong time and Joel's just going through him. Like, Come on, guys. I mean, that was, first off, it wasn't even that different of a disparity. Like, for as few uh, free throws as the Warriors shoot, but it's just Embiid took all of them for the Sixers, and he deserved all of them. I mean, man, some of the isos he had against Draymond. Like, Draymond's a great player, man, but he's got nothing for him at this point. Uh, So, and look, Golden State deserved to win that game. Their, Their offense, particularly against the backup units, but in the fourth quarter when Joel was in there as well, Was terrific, you know. Steph hit a couple floaters. Poole was was just great. He was going by Maxi whenever he wanted. But, uh, yeah, defensively, they had nothing for Joel.
0: Yep. It was uh, quite the night for some MVP hot takes. There was a lot of, oh, well, Jokic's numbers didn't mean anything when he was losing. Well, okay, but they were losing to the Spurs and, like, losing five out of six. Like, one loss against the the Warriors. Who, by the way, the Warriors are... Freaking incredible at home! Like I looked it up, they are a perfect six no against the top six seeds in the Eastern Conference at home. Like they beat everyone at the Chase Center. Sixers so were up by nine points against them.
1: Oh, they should have. The they sh-
0: they should have won that game. That's why it's fr- the loss itself isn't so frustrating. The way it got there in that fourth quarter was very frustrating.
1: It was a waste job of like, a great yeah. Joel performance. Yeah, yeah.
0: but um. I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, it was was quite the night for takes. I'm sure we'll get a a lot more of that here down the stretch. It does feel like that. Maybe some of that narrative has shifted a little back. I'm a little worried about Joe, you know, these games costing him here in the MVP uh, in, in the minds of the MVP voters, but there are still enough big ones where he can turn that around, including Mondays, but this definitely didn't help.
1: Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like I, I still think there's a lot to play for in that MVP race. Unfortunately, because it's so close, and I feel like we're devolving into a game by game, week by week kind of uh, roller coaster. Yep. do get to
0: What does that mean? It means <laughs> they want a game, but unfortunately, because of the way we react to uh, to current events and recency bias, it means a whole lot more.
1: Yeah, yeah. And look, Joel's benefited from that recency bias too. So I don't want to like. This is why I don't like to get involved in the debates. I will say. After that game was over, a lot of people were like, oh yeah, look, look at the big slow center against the Warriors and they're, they're cutting and they're, you know, wh- why was he playing drop coverage or whatever? It's like, first off, he was a plus 13 and they lost yeah. by 10. Like, w- will you relax? And this second is not of all, Jokic- when, it,
0: when, it, when he was on the floor, like Golden State was below their season average offense. It's like, oh
1: yeah, you know, people want to just. Equated to oh, see Jokic getting pulled off the floor in the in the first round last year. It wasn't that bad because Joel scored forty six <laughs> points against these guys and was a plus thirteen. Oh yeah, Steph hit a couple floaters on him when he was in drop. It's like yeah, all right, relax. Like what, what are we doing? He he deserves precisely zero shit. I, like he wasn't as good in the the Phoenix game. He looked no. tired, honestly. Yeah, he did. A nice night to give him. The I, night I night think off,
0: if they honestly. win that Golden State game, I think he probably doesn't play that Phoenix game. Would be my well, guess. That's a
1: bad way to look at it. I, you know, I, I think you just gotta. No, I mean, I, I think you could be right. I'm just saying, like, God, I, I hope that wasn't the actual calculus from their standpoint, where it's like,
0: he looked like he had nothing. He, he, no, the, he uh, did have nothing outside of a brief stretch show to start the third quarter. He did not look like he was. Imposing his will the way he normally does. It was, it's one of those, like, what do you end up with here? 28, 10, and four on eight for 19 shooting. It was one of those stat lines that were like from a couple years ago where it was like, yeah, those are good numbers, but like his imprint on the game wasn't nearly that. And uh, it,
1: was, it was when you called him the most overrated offensive player in the league. That was, I don't know if I
0: said most overrated, but his offense was definitely overrated. And yeah. he's gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot better. So much
1: better. better. That's why he's an MVP candidate yeah. now. I, I always love giving you a little shit on that. <laughs> The, uh
0: I mean, I think I said he had a chance to be the best player in the league. I don't think I. Yeah, I'd just he had areas he needed to improve: turnover shot selection, creating for others, double teams. Yeah.
1: This was the eighteen, nineteen, yeah,
0: nineteen twenty. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, he's just not.
1: It's pretty inefficient. It's very reliant on free throws to keep the efficiency up. Passing is not as good, and and all of those things have gotten so much better. So yeah, that's and where he's at now. And, and for the most part, that, I think his
0: passing has been. And um, one of the things I recently wrote about, like his. The way you can like ramp up as a shot creator for others when hardens out, he's done a pretty good job being like a pseudo seven foot point guard when they need him to be. Um was not the case against the Sunzo.
1: That uh that Bulls game, the second one, I-, I know we're talking about the losses and I know he got hurt midway through the game. That yeah. was chef's kiss, man. That was
0: and that's beautiful. a That's a Chicago team that, you know, they're not great, but their defense is pretty strong. Because they can certainly get after it defensively.
1: Top five defense, and we saw it. You know, it's funny. That back-to-back was the exact same as the Milwaukee, or Miami back-to-back yeah. earlier in the month where Sixers have everybody available. They lose at home in this slugfest where they, they don't play well. It's a close game. They have a chance to win at the end with some possessions. They don't take advantage of it. And then a couple nights later, one of Harden or Embiid, first time it was Embiid was out, this time Harden is out, they win by a billion points against that team the second time and they just yep. destroy them offensively. So that's why the uh the back to back it's weird, right? This is kind of a weird it hasn't happened that much to the Sixers where they've had you know this terrible weekend or week like it just doesn't really happen. I don't know, are they still the, the best road team in the the league? I, I imagine they're still pretty close if not, but yeah. You know, they've been sure. a terrific road team all year and frankly, they've been a terrific non MB to non hardened team. Like or when they're when they're out, they find ways to win. So that's why but, it's been kinda of weird. And I mean you see like, God, if they just play a little bit better of a fourth quarter against Golden State, they get a split and they're they're like, great. You yeah. Know, whatever. Yeah. Set that second game on fire. Uh
2: so it's it's weird. As you all know by now we've teamed up with Bet MGM this season. We'll be using the Bet MGM lines to make all our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. Claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana... in Nevada, in New York. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code TABASKETBALL and you'll get a one year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: I, uh, I actually looked this up. So last night was the first
0: loss of 10 plus points for the Sixers since. Oh gosh. Uh, the Heat game was close, even though it didn't feel like it. The Boston was the last second. I think you probably have to go back to January.
1: So there's there's one that's an ele- I should have said an 11 point loss in there that Knicks uh remember okay. the all bench collapse or whatever. But yeah, that's a, that's only an 11 point loss. The the one above 11, you're right, it's January. It was the loss to the Thunder on January 12th, 13th, something like that in there.
0: Okay. Okay. January 12th of
1: the Thunder. Yeah.
0: I mean, we just, you recently said it, their offense is good enough. They keep them in pretty much every game. They don't blow very many teams out because they're not good enough defensively, but their offense is usually clicking at a high enough level that they don't get blown out. And I don't, it, it really is like if they just pull out that Golden State game, which they should have. And that fourth quarter was immensely frustrating, but if they pull that out, they punt the Phoenix game. I think we're having a slightly, we're still very concerned about James Harden and the Achilles. And what that means of his ability to come back and be the James Harden that we saw for months and months and months, we're still concerned about that. But I think the tone of the podcast, the tone of maybe online, is a little. I mean, playing Dwayne Deadman could have soured that tone pretty quickly. But outside of that, I think we're having a different conversation. It- I'm
1: I'm totally fine with it. Like I, if Harden is the whole thing to me, whatever, we're gonna forget about those games at the at the end. I, I really look, and I, I think it does suck that they can't get the the two seed now because they put themselves in position to actually get that. And I think that would have been a big deal if, yeah. if they got to start at home against Boston. Doesn't look like it's to be. So that's going to be hard in a couple months, probably. But, uh, I don't, I don't know. I just,
0: Do you know, what George's plus minus was last night.
1: George's. Yeah. I, I couldn't even
0: negative 29 when his yeah. shot is not going in, man. Ooh. And Jalen McDaniels came back. He does not look good. Now, you understand it. He's missed, what, four of the last five games, five of the last six, whatever it is. But he has not looked very good here in a Sixers uniform outside of a rare 20-point outing. They just need way more from the bench. And it's hard to really evaluate them when James isn't available. I get it. I get it. Tough outing. Real tough outing. Shake struggled, I thought. Um, just Real tough outing.
1: The marathon man absolutely killed them in the Golden State game. I mean, he was horrible. And it gets to the point where you have Draymond Green just not even paying attention to him at all. And it's like...
0: And then he came out and he had two shots in the first quarter. You thought, all right, this is all we freaking need from him. If you could just find a way to take five or six or seven shots in a game, the corner three when you're open, and then nothing. The rest of the game. Nothing. It's nothing. I think
1: what's frustrating about P.J. to me is that I don't know. I felt like in Houston, the proposition was, look, I'm going to stand in the corner and whether it's three shots or 10 shots, whatever you give me, if you give me 10 wide open corner threes, I'm going to make three or four of them. If you give me three corner threes, I'm going to make one and a half of them, you know, like like on on a normal basis. But it's not that it's Mm. like he's he doesn't want to shoot them a lot of the times. And no. and those are the ones that drive me crazy. Like he went he from taking over...
0: five threes per 36 to two and a half.
1: And and, and those looks are still there for him. Like yeah. he's, I don't know. I, I, he, he said it where he's like, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Like the shot. It's like, oh, dude, you, you... I'm sorry. When Joel hits you in the corner,
0: roughly in your shooting pocket, if it's not like on a tee for him twice in a row, did you say one possession where he passed it? Tucker yeah, passed the tr- up the shot. He threw it right back at him. He's like, "Take the fucking shot." He didn't say anything, but like, the, it was clear. Like, dude, you're open. Take the shot.
1: Well, and look, that was in transition, so that's a little different. That that requires PJ to like dribble before the shot and all of those things. But I'm I mean, with you. Like, he's. I I didn't realize it, it was gonna be this limited of a shooter though like i I thought it's because he wasn't in
0: the past he was a more willing shooter in the past not anything inside the arc not anything off the dribble like if it wasn't offensive rebound he wasn't taking a shot that wasn't a corner three that's fine that's fine just take the corner threes like you did in houston that's all i want it's all i want
1: look and he saw Joel. like he he gave him the shoot that man like he gave him the the sign there yeah it's just annoying like i you know he was oh for (laughs) five in that uh Golden state game. I was more frustrated with the ones he passed up than the ones yeah. he missed. And the ones he missed were killer. Like, I mean, look they're if he makes a couple of those in the fourth quarter, they're good shots. And he just was not even close to, to on, uh, you know, that they, they probably win the game, but I, I'm, I'm more frustrated with the ones he's, he's passing up. I mean, he had another one where kicked it to the corner. He's open and he passes it to maxi and like goes to yeah. set a screen for him and commits an offensive foul. It's like, Dude, I love that he's smart enough to keep the ball moving, screen, cut. Like I I I love that impulse that he has. I think it it's very beneficial, like we said, in the PJ Tucker at five units, like when he's playing small ball center with Harden, those things all really help. Like the ball moves, like he can spray it out the shooters in four on three situations. Bro, if your feet are cemented into the ground (laughs) and you got a wide open shot, like in a corner, you gotta take it. Like that's yeah. Where your game is. And I guess, like, do you—I I found myself, like, w- weirdly thinking, like, man, like, Daniel House might be important for these guys. Oh, God.
0: Guys. He might not be wrong, but he's another one that's been out the last couple of days, another one in and out of the lineup.
1: And I also found myself thinking, I know Jalen McDaniel—Jalen McDaniels does not look good with that hip injury. No. But if he can get— him back to just normal, it's like, man, he might be important, too, because... Sure. The Sixers are weird, man. They they have
0: depth, but it's just like... You can't rely on almost any of them on a night-to-night basis. No, and... And, and for, like, the longest time, George was the one you could rely on, because he went through that stretch where a month and a half. He was pretty consistently taking and making shots. Uh, but when he goes into these spells, and he's been on a spell for a little while now, it's uh, it's tough, and there's no one else... I guess shake might be your second most consistent bench player,
1: Even but he's up and down. You yeah, know?
0: for sure. For
1: sure. I mean, I, and I'm, I'm a shake proponent, but I don't know. It's weird because like the Celtics are considered to have the best depth in the league, but really they have seven guys and they're all rock solid.
0: But those two that they got, they got seven starters basically.
1: I know. I, and and I agree, but that's what depth is now where,
0: yeah.
1: you know, the Sixers can go in the regular season. Part of the reason they're so good is that,
0: well, because Doc's only playing eight or nine in the playoffs anyway.
1: Yeah. But in the regular season, you know, he's played 12 guys this year that like actually yeah. contribute and help. Unfortunately, once you get past five, it's like, uh. And even before and five. Really four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, PJ, yeah. uh, I guess on the positive note, too, on that, uh, Tobias is playing a lot better over the past yeah. couple of weeks.
0: Yep. I agree.
1: Which is good to see. You know, it's, I don't really have a lot of more analysis that the ball, except the ball's going in. It but is. Uh, it is. It is. I don't know. Like the ball is going in, and he's starting to take the quicker catch and shoot threes. Like, there's been a couple where I'm like, "Ooh, like man, that was that was yep. like a quick." He was he was hunting that one. You uh, just wish he would do that a little more. But good to see. I thought he pretty much kicked Clay Thompson's ass for most of that game, which was impressive.
0: No, I mean when he when you have have one of them beat her hard out, or Harden out or even Maxie, like he's done a good job this year of stepping up playing sort of like his older school style of play, uh, the Tobias we had for a couple of years there, that maybe you don't want on a night-to-night basis, but can help you out uh, like he did against the Warriors. He's been he's been better. Um, yeah. I don't know. Really worried about Harden. I need to see <laughs> him back. Well, on the one hand, I want to see him take as much time as he needs. On the other hand, I really want to see what he looks like physically, because that will determine a lot of whether or not this team has real title chance, and we were just, we were just, really, it really felt like they had a chance. It felt like I don't know what percentage chance they had, but it felt like they had a chance with the way that they were playing. And uh, this certainly brought a lot of uncertainty. That I mean, they had been like Embiid, Harden, Maxi. They had been in the lineup consistently and playing at a high level for a quite a long time. Really, ever since Maxi came back in the starting lineup, they had been Three consistent. Months, basically. Yeah. It's just, this is the wrong time of year for a little bit of uncertainty. Wrong time. And it's like, if you lose a two seed, which I think you pretty much have, that's fine. It's not ideal, but it's fine. Need to see James look like James again. Needs if,
1: if you would, t- like, you would take, I don't know, Miami, like the Miami game, like the third to last game of the season, where it's like, all right, James comes back and he looks good. And he's going to play t- two more times or three more times, whatever it is. And, and then there's the playoffs. If he looks like James Harden and has, you know, one of his good twenty and ten games where, you know, he shoots four of nine from three or whatever he does, you know? Yep. That'll be uh that'll be a good sign. Go and buy some guys. We gotta see it though. And it's it's uncertain at this point just considering God, that last game was so bad. Uh, yeah. One other positive for the Sixers. They are now caught up on road games for the season.
0: Okay. They're now even. Thirty seven okay. home,
1: thirty seven road. Okay. They'll actually be ahead on the uh the road schedule there's uh I think uh four of four or five after denver will be uh will be yeah. at home
0: yep yep including uh including a big one there against the celtics the bucks game is on the road right that's the like the one the one, one road game few. is the bucks game yep yeah. <sighs> i wonder do you think there's a chance we don't know we're just speculating do you think there's a chance james plays on monday they've been it pretty quiet about his availability. I
1: think it would help. He's Charles. been what
0: questionable for the last two games. Yeah, and Doc
1: is downplayed. It. He says, "Like, look, we're not worried about it long term, but shit, you just sent him out for a whole week, you know?"
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and it is and by something the way, that might be that might be the right move. Like I, you know, it's yeah. Uh, and look, like I think Achilles. This sounds real scary because when you blow or tear an Achilles, it's devastating. But you do see people like Malcolm Brogdon we talked about. He had an Achilles soreness in mid-February. Came back over his next three average 25 over that span. So you can definitely, like, this doesn't have to be a lingering thing. Everyone is certainly different. But I think in Philly, you know, we hear injury, especially at this time of year, especially in your star players, and your head kind of goes to the worst-case scenario. Isn't helped by the fact that how he looked against the, uh, the, the Bulls is our last sort of impression of it. It'll be great to see what he looks like when he comes back because right now I don't know how to, how to properly react. So
1: I mean, it basically seems like there's two things for the rest of the year because I I don't think they're gonna get the two C, but whatever, maybe they'll get it. But it just can Joel get over the finish line for MVP, and that's kind of the short term uh, storyline. But the long term one is
0: what the hell does James look like? You know? Well, and those are two pretty directly related too, because. In order for Joel to get the MVP, I think you probably need James in the lineup here over the next week, and you probably need him looking like James Harden. So, if you're going to be cautious with James Harden and they come out and they lose against the Nuggets and they lose against the Bucks and they lose against the Celtics, there goes Joe's MVP. But I, it might be better for the Sixers title chances because James Harden might get that time to get back to where he needs to be. So, it's ugh, having to play the would Bucks suck. without, without yeah. Harden
1: would suck for Joel, though. Yeah. I mean, ugh. Like having to go ISO ball against them. Like it's just yep. it's too nope. it's too Can't big it. of an ask.
0: That is still the Bucks are what April second. So we still do have a solid week here before that game. That gives James some time to come back. Um but they need to be cautious with him. They do. Uh because you cannot you cannot win if he looks like he did against the Bulls on Monday night.
1: It's kind of a shitty situation all around. And I think that's it is. a good way to wrap it up.
0: It is. But I agree with you. If he comes back and he looks good, I think a lot of these other problems are pretty temporary in nature. So thank you, Rich, for jumping on, and we will talk to you soon. See you, man.